Hey everyone, welcome back to Mama's Mission. Today I have a treat in store for you. I had the privilege of interviewing Brenda from Australia and it was an awesome interview. She couldn't see, oh sorry, she could see me but I couldn't see her on our Zoom meeting. But it was awesome, got to wear my jammies and it was so great and I hope that you get so much out of it. We're talking about discipling our kids, we're talking about play-based learning with sharing the word with our kids and just getting intentional with them. If you are wanting tips and tricks on that, I highly suggest you take a listen and I want to apologize in advance because sometimes it's a little bit spotty just with our connection and also my voice may not sound the way it usually does because I'm battling the big C COVID and it's it's fine but yeah just a bit of a sore throat bit of a croaky voice but hey you live through it. So I hope that you get heaps out of today's episode and keep on listening. Hey there, you're listening to Mama's Mission, a podcast that unpacks the mission of discipling your kids into a real and loving relationship with the Lord while doing all we do in this crazy thing we call mamahood. So if you're looking for a place to get inspired about discipling your kids, get some actual tools to do so, And to make your journey as a mama that little bit simpler, you've come to the right place. I'm Deb and I can't wait to journey with you as we unpack our missions as mamas together. Hi everyone, welcome back to Mama's Mission. I'm super excited today or tonight with my recording because I am interviewing Brenda and I have been talking on and off with Brenda for quite a while on Messenger and we finally managed to connect which is super exciting. I listen to Brenda's podcast every week and I get so much out of it and I'm hoping that we can yeah I do actually and I'm hoping we can learn a thing or two. (laughs) So Brenda thank you so much for letting me interview you. I'm super excited. Thank you Deb this is this is my first interview. Is so it? I feel like a bit of a newbie. Oh, yep. Oh, no, it's going to be great. If Well, should we just crack into it straight away with, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yep. So I have a podcast called Little Kingdom Warriors. So Deb and I sort of connected because we've probably got a similar thread running throughout it, and that's discipleship. Yeah. So I help provide guidance on ways to creatively engage kids with the Bible I love to encourage mums in their motherhood journey when it gets tough in their faith walk and generally in discipling their kids as well. I'm married to my husband, Daniel, and we're celebrating 10 years this June. And I'm a stay-at-home mum of nearly three kids. So I'm 27 weeks at the moment and my son is two and I've got my daughter as well. She's four. And we live in central Queensland, Australia on the coast. But at the moment, we're actually visiting my in-laws cattle property, doing some work out there. And probably we're going to be moving here at the end of the year. Oh, that's so that's a little exciting. bit about me. That's awesome. Um, I think you've like we are in the same like we've got so much in common, both teachers and profession. Um, we're both pregnant, although I'm very blessed because I 
don't have kids that are that close in age because I think <laughs> it takes a special person to do that. And yeah, it's super exciting. And we're both podcasting and I learn so much from you each week and it's really awesome. So oh, thanks, Deb. <laughs> could you introduce, um, oh, sorry, can we, if we talk a little bit about Bible concepts, can you tell us how you'd introduce and teach them to your kids? So I think probably one of the biggest mistakes I've noticed myself make and probably others too is that we tend to overcomplicate things and we forget how much we need to simplify concepts for kids. So whenever I'm trying to introduce a Bible concept, I'm trying to go down right into the root of what I want my child to learn. And particularly at this age, I think it's really important that they know that they are loved by God, that we love them as parents and that they learn to love others. So that's probably... I don't know, the, the basis of what I'm wanting my kids to learn at the moment. With So because my son, he's really little, um, the concepts that I'm probably trying to get with him, they're going to take so much longer. Whereas with my four-year-old, it's sort of, she's starting to grasp little bits and pieces, but you do really realise when you start to ask questions to like gauge their understanding, which I'm sure, you, Deb, you probably do this as a, you know, teacher yeah um you you just sort of gauge a bit of understanding and you ask these open-ended questions then you realize man even this is a little bit above their heads so as we're heading into easter i'm yeah trying to grapple with what exactly i want um lily my eldest to get away from that the message of easter and what happens around easter yeah so last year we did um yeah it was last year god and um, last year we did a resurrection garden. So I did like a small world Bible play setup and we had the tomb and we had the crucifix and we talked about we talked about sort of in very simple terms what happened that um Jesus so we haven't actually talked about the word sin yet. We're still sort of trying to introduce that into her vocab. Yeah. We talk about naughty things, you know, naughty things that we've done and how Jesus took that on himself. But it's still something that's a little bit difficult to get her head around yet. So that's, we just start really small. Simplify is probably the number one thing I would be focusing on, particularly with like a toddler and that's those preschool years. Yeah. Oh, that's really mm -hmm. awesome. So when you discuss that, last year in easter lily was three would that be right yeah so she just turned four in december okay yeah. so and did she pick up the concept or what you were wanting her to grasp out of it bits and pieces um i'm still trying to work out how to i think she understands now that you know there's oh she definitely understands that there's good people and that there's bad people but in terms of, you know, talking about Satan yet, that's something that I've only really touched lightly on. Yeah. Um, at this stage, I just feel like it's, um, she can sort of run away with topics in her head a little bit, bit too much at this age. Yeah. yeah. I think that's wise. Um, all right. Why do you believe it's important for us to, oh, why do you believe it's important for us to do this as parents? I mean, 
in terms of looking at the Bible or discipling our kids, that kind of thing, or being intentional even, why do you feel that this is important for us to be these things? If we're not intentional, these years will slip away from us. And before we know it, they'll be out of, you know, out of underneath our wings. Yeah. So I feel like even these teeny tiny little seeds that we're sowing in their journey now, it it does. And you can start to see, and Deb, I'm sure you can start to see too with your daughter, like you can start to see the fruits of sowing and investing in tiny ways. And for myself, um, before we started recording, Deb and I were discussing that, you know, for myself, I'm finding that it's looking a little bit different in this season because I'm so busy and I'm heavily, well, not as heavily pregnant as Deb, but I'm still (laughs) pregnant. And, you know, I've got two tiny people that are very, very busy. And what discipleship looks like now is probably a little bit different to before I fell pregnant with number three. So, but I think what I've been really focusing on is it's just small moments and intentional moments and it can even be discipleship, can be that moment in the car that you're talking about Jesus and you're answering questions that your child has in the car and just being present for their questions. Yeah, that's so true. Taking advantage of those little opportunities. Yeah, absolutely, and there's so many of them. Oh, yeah, that you're right. And I think if we encourage it as well, like obviously we don't want our kids asking question after question because let's be real, that does get tiring. But it is, I think if we do encourage them to ask questions and that we're open books, you know, I want to be the first port of call for our daughter or, or my husband, you know, I want her to feel comfortable. I don't want her eventually, you know, with the heavier topics going, okay, well, I'm not sure about going to mum and dad. Maybe I'm going to go to Google or maybe I'll go to my friends instead and find out what they have to say on the matter. And that's probably not going to give them the advice that I may give. Mm. Yeah, I I want my kids to know that I'm an open book and they can ask me whatever (laughs) they want. At the moment, we are definitely in the why this, why that um, (laughs) stage. So, yeah. The the questions do get tiresome, but I think I'll be sad when this stage is over as well. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. (laughs) When do you see, when do you, like, you've obviously started this quite early. When would you suggest Mm. starting, you know, being intentional with your kids, uh, getting, I suppose, yeah, more intentional about talking to them about the Lord and getting into their word with them so would you say it would be best to start as soon as possible or when when yeah um I think you just got to gauge it on where your kids are at too I I feel like there was never a time that I wasn't talking about God because it I, I suppose it should probably be that your faith walk is very much evident for your kids from like the moment they're born so um in terms of like activities and stuff we probably did um like more singing and that sort of thing when Lily was younger and with you I I wasn't worried so much about about trying to do like small world play and all of that because all the pieces just end up in his mouth you know (laughs) (laughs) I would say probably (laughs) from that two and a half years onwards that's 
like a time where they're starting to really soak up what you're telling them. And even if they are not able to totally verbalize what you are talking about and verbalize their understanding, they are getting more than we realize. And I think I've started to notice this with my little boy is that sometimes you think they don't understand, but they actually do. Um, So I'd probably start around that two and a half years of like definitely making sure it's like a bit more intentional and going from there. And do you think, you know, you've obviously used props and things like that. Do you think this is going to evolve over the years and so they may not require that as much? I think it depends on your kids. So the reason I started, I'm trying to, I'm a visual person, so I'll try and paint a picture of what sort of things I like to do with my kids. I started doing um, like a Bible small world play. It all originated because I used to go, so we used to live in England Mm -hmm. and there was one Easter, they had this beautiful like resurrection set up with the tomb. And then on the third day, the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't in the tomb anymore. And all these years later, that just stuck in my head because it made it real for me. So, and I think at that age, I would have been, I was probably around 10. So you can sort of see that wow. like for me, for a visual learner, yeah, it it really did stick in my mind. So I think you've got to know your kids too and work out maybe, you know, they still engaging in this because even like going into like upper primary years, I still think that these, you know, those small life real world models can just really make it real for them. So it doesn't have to be more of a play, but maybe it could be a setup you have rather than playing with it. Yeah, fully agree. So that leads me to the next question, which is, where do you find your ideas? Oh, um, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm a very imaginative person. So um, I have no shortage of ideas. It's just probably trying to simplify them so they're achievable. So <laughs> I, I suppose if you're, <laughs> if you're not wired like me and you don't have ideas spouting out of your brain all the time, Pinterest is fantastic. But, um, yeah, I, I suppose I'm just trying to uh, – trying to find key events in the Bible and then work out what can I do to make this real for my my kid. And it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. If you want to go totally in and make it, you know, a full-on setup, like I, I suppose I did that because I couldn't help myself. But <laughs> <laughs> once you've got a few key things you can pull back out again, it does, you can just take those things out. So I went to our local hardware store and I got like an artificial turf and we got like lots of little figurines that can be used over and over again. You can go and get twigs from the garden to sort of make little trees and stuff. So there's heaps of stuff you can can reuse and, and that can just sort of bring Bible events to life. So yeah, just I think maybe just look at the key events in the Bible and then work out um, maybe one of the key features in there. So we did like Garden of Eden. Um, Easter was another one that that we did. So those sort of big events would be be great as small world setups. And so, oh, I I had just an I had just a question and now it's gone. Mum, mum brain, I reckon. <laughs> I needed to have written it down. Right. 
Um, <laughs> you need to write it down while we're going. <laughs> I know. Um, oh, that's right. How often, you know, as you said, you picked out the key, you know, key stories, which I think is an awesome idea. But on roughly, you know, obviously this is probably changed as you've had more children and got pregnant as well. But how often do you think that you would be doing something like this with the kids? Well, I mean, I think I'd probably go with the Christian calendar. So if you've got an event coming up like Easter, you can just have a um, set up sitting there rather than having to put something up and then take something down. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have a specific amount of like time that I was doing it, but it would be lovely if I could be doing that sort of thing weekly or um, I know a friend of mine, she's just got some little figurines that they get out um, for bedtime and they just, you know, use use those as like little props and stuff. So I think it sort of depends on your kid and depends also maybe on your energy levels and how complicated you want to be making these things. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, yeah, a friend of mine, um, so I showed, I had a printout of the resurrection garden that we did at Easter and how to set it all up. And a quicker version of it was just like using Play-Doh. So they just did like a Play-Doh setup. They had just some figurines they had lying around the house and they used those. So it can be as simple or as complicated as you want. But the the whole idea of getting involved in the story of whatever you're covering in the Bible you can talk about it while you're setting all of it up and it can just really bring it to life that way. I love that idea. I think you could totally do that with your Bible reading, you know, just, um, you know, obviously if you're reading a well-known story, well, well-known to you, but not so well-known to your children. And yeah, as you say, just grab out the Play-Doh and figurines, which are always important, or even Lego, that could work really well. Mm. And then just um, oh, yeah. try and reenact it. And obviously it's going to not drag it out a bit, but, you know, it's going to um, make it go on for a little bit longer. But that would be really cool because that could generate a lot more discussion and um, hopefully oh, yeah, a bit more definitely. learning. Yeah, I saw a great one um, recently. I was wanting to do an Easter project leading up to Easter, but, you know, life happens and that hasn't happened. Yeah. But I saw a fantastic one and it was involving Lego and all of the events leading up to Easter. And you could really keep something like that set up. We have a train table at home and you could really have something like that set up as a big long pathway leading to the cross. So they had, um, they used Lego little figurines and they had like the palms being laid down before um, Jesus entered the temple and then a whole bunch of things that happened leading up there and then him on the donkey um, and then when Judas handed him over, everything, and then finally leading to the crucifix. And I thought that was just like a fantastic visual representation of of the events leading up to Easter, all using Lego. So there you go, another use for Lego. (laughs) <laughs> that would be awesome and what a talking point yeah. as well oh yeah yeah but I mean obviously you've got to gauge it on your kids so when my youngest like he was in that sticking everything in his mouth phase we'd have <laughs> to work not. out where exactly you're gonna put it and only get it out <laughs> during his nap time yeah yeah for sure wise <laughs> 
Yeah, very nice. How would you suggest a busy mum do this? Because I could totally see this, you know, obviously stay-at-home mums, sometimes we have a little bit more time to be intentional. How do you think a busy mum or dad, you know, whoever, could actually implement this into Mm. their day? I think start really, really small, like maybe just have one or two figurines that you're using for a Bible story you want to talk about. And, you know, just because you've done a story once doesn't mean you've got to stop there. Like I found particularly the younger the kids are, the more you need to um, stay on a topic. So with my eldest Lily, um, she absolutely loved learning about um, Noah and the ark and the flood. So we did that probably for a good month, a month and a half straight. So I'm not talking about, you know, you just set it up once and then you take it down. Like with, with her, we, we did a puzzle about Noah. We did, we had these magnetic tiles and they're just fantastic. Um, they're so versatile. So we just used the magnetic tiles and we made a boat. Like, I don't know how many times I've made this arc from these <laughs> magnetic tiles with her, but it has been a lot. So we did that. Um, we probably did drawings about it. We listened to, there's a, um, a, a podcast that does lovely Bible stories for kids and it was like a dramatized version of Noah and the Ark and we listened to that while we were setting up Noah and the Ark so yeah and then also read the story at bedtime so (laughs) we sat on Noah and the Ark for ages but what's really lovely now is she sort of got all the concepts in that story Um, because we did stay we really sort of you know dwelled in that story for quite a while before we moved on to anything else so yeah just start small maybe focus on one thing and it can be one thing for a month rather than one thing every day oh I really like that actually that's that's really cool great great advice there um why do you think like obviously you've given us like tons of tips here on the kind of play that you can do when you're implementing you know the bible stories obviously worksheets would be part of this but why do you think that play is so important i feel like in these early years play is like the fundamental way that kids learn they learn through um, doing and touching and picking things up and learning about them in that way and i think that um i've found and even as kids get older worksheets kind of or coloring in it just it makes it a bit more lifeless and a bit more boring so some kids quite like it you know as an extension type thing or a maybe a follow-up thing but sorry I'd probably steer away from like having that as the main focus because it I mean I I know as much for myself that I just found it a little bit dull as a kid I I preferred all the things that were more hands-on just made it come to life even more for me. No, I completely agree with you. Variation. And yeah. <laughs> that's not to say that colouring in sheets or anything like that or just reading to them simply doesn't have its place. But, yeah, mm. I, th- I think they're going to gauge a whole lot more, like as you said with Lily and how you guys just totally unpacked Noah's Ark the learning Mm. that would have taken place like that would have been so so much fun and fun for you too oh yeah it was fun yeah 
<laughs> it is fun, yeah. And it was a it wasn't such a messy activity either. So it was yeah, more enjoyable. Wait, which way. is good, isn't it? Because sometimes we can think, oh my gosh, like the kids are gonna love the messy activity, but can I really be bothered? Because we you know, <laughs> we're we're the ones that have to clean everything up. And it is super yeah, know, fun, exactly. but sometimes that can put you off. But I love that, you yeah. know, just at the expense of your sanity. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> and as you said, you know, if you've got other children underfoot and you, you know, if they're getting up from a nap or whatever and you're like, oh, okay, hurry up, you know, we've got to get rid of this or else this is going to go everywhere. Oh, so. Yeah. <laughs> or they're going to eat, you know, the the lovely kidney beans that you got out to make a beautiful pebble path. <laughs> you're so yeah, right. sort of thing. So right. <laughs> Yeah, we've just passed that phase. Thank goodness. I'm going to oh, go through it all again shortly. I know. I know, right? At least with you, you, uh, <laughs> you've you come out of that seasoning, then going into it again, like quite quickly. With me, I almost feel like we, <laughs> oh, I, you know, some people are kind of like, are you ready to do this all over again? And I almost feel like a new mum all over again because it feels ages since the newborn yeah. stage. Let alone yeah, toddler. Fades. I quite liked. <laughs> I know. I quite liked how you said that you don't let um your daughter come out until like eight a.m. or something, and so you can have a bit of quiet time. I was like, oh darn it! I wish I could do that. <laughs> Doesn't work. This morning, <laughs> I oh. hear my son yelling, 5 30. It's still dark outside. Mom, oh. mom. <laughs> oh my gosh! This is what's coming. Yeah, this is you're you're so right. And each kid's different as as you know, we know. And so you want to oh, yeah. make it yeah, that works for our daughter, but it could totally not work for our son. We'll <laughs> <laughs> soon find out anyway. Exactly. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for letting me interview you. I got so much out of this and I'm pretty keen to put some of this to use because I know that my daughter especially is going to appreciate this. Um, are you able to tell the listeners where they can find a little bit more about you? Yep. So I have a podcast called Little Kingdom Warriors, which you can search on Apple Podcasts. I also have a website and it's just www.littlekingdomwarriors.com and you'll find sort of all the other relevant links from there as well. That is so awesome. I'll put all of those links in the description. Well, thank you so awesome. much. And thanks for I, having me. You're welcome. And hopefully, we can <laughs> do this again on your podcast. Yeah, that would be awesome. Love to reciprocate. Okay, cool. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to Mama's Mission. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks, guys. Hey mama, I can pretty much say ditto to what my little girl just said. It lights me up when you're encouraged to disciple your kids from the content here at Mama's Mission. So either leave a review on the podcast or hit me up on Instagram at a dash of Deb. Or better yet, join the family by subscribing to our newsletter. The link is in the description. Be blessed mama.